Okay, before we get started today, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Over the last several years, I have spent a lot of time working with investors just like you. Investors who have started their business, got it off the ground, got a little bit of momentum, but just don't know how to scale up from there. They don't know how to take a small business doing a deal here and there and really systemize it and scale it up in a profitable way. I have been helping people for so many years do exactly that. I did it in my own business first, and then I helped other people replicate that success in their business. And my announcement to you is that I am ready to help you do the exact same thing right now. I have developed a program that's called the Seven Figure Investor Blueprint. And it's called that because I wanna take you from wherever you are in your business right now and help you ramp it up into a seven-figure profit business. You can do this. I know you've told yourself that you wanna do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working out. But I wanna teach you things like how to market, to find the best deals, how to analyze those deals, how to negotiate with sellers and wholesalers to get the best possible deals how to get those deals funded, whether it's private funding, hard money lending, whatever. I wanna help you understand the best way for you to fund those deals, and then how to structure those deals for maximum profit. And then finally, how to build a team around you. You don't have to do everything in your business. And in fact, you shouldn't be doing everything. I don't do everything in my business and it runs really, really well. In fact, it runs better when I'm not trying to do everything. And I wanna teach you exactly how to do that. All you have to do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something that you must do in 2022 to reach your goals, go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven, sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up. I want to help you this year achieve all of your business goals, but you have to go and sign up first. It's seven, the word seven, figureinvestor.com. I cannot wait to see you inside the program. We are going to do great things this year. I didn't have the capital. I didn't have the economies of scale. I, I didn't have the contacts and all of that. So I couldn't offer what they could, but I could do something that they couldn't, right? I was personable coming up with the concept that nobody else was doing. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you tuning in. I've got a fun one for you today. I am interviewing Maria Fristrom, or if I pronounce this correctly, Fristrom. Trying to roll my R's. All right. But Maria is actually a super, super cool lady. Um, she has jumped all around the globe, lived in a lot of different places. Um, she is a full-time real estate investor, um, just a marketer, communicate ex a communication expert. She's awesome. She's a founder and CEO of a real estate investing company in Finland that she founded while giving birth to three children. No, I don't think she was founding it while in the delivering room. However, she founded it while giving birth and raising three children, which is, you know, not easy at all, guys. And since 2015, she has built a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. And she has recently been a guest on the Bigger Pockets podcast, episode 549. She was a fun interview, lots of good insight and lots of great takeaways. So I give you without any further ado, 
Maria Fristrom. Hey, Maria, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and I'm excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped. Absolutely. We chatted a little bit before we went live here, and uh, I know you are a woman of adventure. Um, so if you don't mind, and I know your background, but they don't, the people listening, give us a little uh, sense of who you are, where you come from, what you did before real estate, and how did you get involved in real estate? Yeah. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten is when when you're supposed to like introduce yourself and people are like, oh, that makes you nervous. It's scary. Yeah. So one of the pieces of advice that I got was like, instead of maybe starting with where you came from, talk about where you're going. So my yeah. mission is I want to help people to dare more. And, and I have a special soft spot for women in my heart. So especially other women. But they're more in investing, they're more in life, just like, um, and I like to use the term sticking out like a dog's balls, <laughs> to, <laughs> to just be different and be out there and uh, um, building your life resume as opposed to focusing so much on um, on your career or your work or stuff like that. So yeah. that's my mission and that's where, where I'm hopefully continuously headed. Love it. And I guess... What made me want to go that way is where I came from, right? So my my background is I've I've lived in I said four countries now and three continents, and uh, English is my third language. So I I was born in Finland, raised in Sweden. <laughs> so oh, wow. I'm I've been kind of everywhere. I used to live in Hong Kong, and we were in California for six years. And um, I've changed my career three times, and uh, I think all of that been through pretty you know intense things in my life grew up with uh, with a mother who uh, was physically impaired and had a hard time uh, making ends meet in the beginning when we were kids moved to another country uh, so my my dad got a job there so i think all of these things uh, have led me to be like oh <laughs> i um I see an opportunity to share yeah. <laughs> some of this struggle <clears throat> excuse me wow you've you know, it's it's funny. I uh, you've moved around, you've lived different places, and like I said, we were chatting before we hopped on here uh, live. And you're currently in Colorado. You're about to move to Austin. And when I asked you why you're moving to Austin, you just said because, like, I don't know, it's warm, and you know, people are. It seems like a cool place. Like, it's so funny. I love it. I admire it. And I don't necessarily consider myself conservative on any level. However, I, ha I was born and raised in Michigan. I've lived in Michigan my whole mm -hmm. life and probably will never move out of Michigan. So from that sense, you're way more daring than I am. Uh, <laughs> and I always think that's kind of cool with people who are willing to just like move around and do that stuff. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, your kids are young-ish, relatively young. And so yes. they're just coming with you, right? If I move, I'm, my kids are here. They're older. They're staying. Mm -hmm. They're not going anywhere. They live on their own. So I would be making a decision to leave them, which you don't have to make right now, obviously, when you move. So that's awesome. Um, wow. Yeah, that's so much to to digest there as far as the moving around and jumping around. And I love, uh, I love the life resume. Can you just tell me what that means to you a little bit, life resume? Yeah. So it's not my term. I stole it from uh, Jesse Isler. Do you follow him? I, I don't. Uh, I don't Sarah, know. No. So Sarah Blakely's husband, Sarah Blakely is the CEO and founder of Spanx. Yep, yeah. Yep. So her husband, uh, uh, Jesse, talks about don't focus so much on what work you do or uh, what school you go to, but instead focus on uh, what brings you joy and, and and the adventures that you will remember when you die type of thing. Nice. Uh, 
and or like when you're dead you probably don't remember too much but <laughs> when you're old and you look back at your life you're like hey i did all of these cool things yeah and it doesn't have to mean that you move across the world or do these like major things but you can be ballsy in your day-to-day life and like do things that scare you i think yeah. that's that's my point and not be afraid of like being different and yeah. and and failing and, and all that. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's like my kids. So you, you said my kids are young. Yes. They're four and five. No, he just turned six, four and six. Okay. Um, so they watched this uh, kids program about a scientist. Uh, and, and my son's like, Hey mom, did you know there's no such thing as failure? And it, it's just experiments. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is like the most <laughs> profound thing. It took me 40 years to learn that life is pretty much an experiment. And totally. I mean, it's not failure. It's it's just data that yep. you gather. It's I love experiment. it. I, I always tell people, and, and this was something, a concept that it took me a long time to really realize in my life, is that really the scariest thing for me is regret. Like getting to the yeah. end of your life and looking back and saying, I never took a chance. I never yeah. tried anything. I stayed safe. I just didn't do, you know, that to me, that regret is scary because it's so final. You can't turn back time, at least not yet. We don't have the technology to turn back time. So when time goes by, it's gone. And when you get to the end of your life, if you haven't done the things that you wish you would have done and really experimented to your point, um, yeah. then the regret sets in and that's just terrifying to be old and regretful. And it doesn't have to be the same things, right? The things that light you up and bring you joy are not the same things as for me. My yeah. uh, my grandpa just uh, died at 97 and he he was kind of like me. I have a lot of him in me. Uh, he was adventurous. He sailed around the world on a small sailboat in his 50s. Wow. <laughs> so, so he went to the like the Galapagos Islands when when there were nobody nobody there. Like right. nobody else had been there pretty much. And uh he uh, uh emigrated from Finland with uh with my grandma and my dad in the 50s as well. Uh wow. about, like um not in his 50s, but in right. the 50s, <laughs> wow. uh, which was huge, right? It took him two weeks to go with the ferry and then the train across the continent and and all that. So it's just, that's the kind of stuff that I have in my blood. But uh, for somebody else, it might be a completely different thing. Sure, it have to be I, totally. So, so tell me, someone who's as adventurous and try things and in daring and moving around, why real estate? Why did you get involved? How did you find it? Real estate is, I love it. It's exciting, right? But some yeah. people might look at it as, eh, you know, that's not, you know, I'd rather make an app or, you know, whatever, <laughs> do something crazy. Because I know you were in Silicon Valley for a while too, yep. right? So why why something so traditional and and uh, physical as, as real estate? Yeah, well, it involves a sauna, <laughs> I call it a sauna, not a sauna. Okay. <laughs> the finish, right? <laughs> and it involves a massage room. And the, it started with the sauna. So my husband and I had a uh, investment club. It sounds fancy, but pretty much it was like us and our buddies eating sausage in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like, uh, holy cow, like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, something okay. like that. And uh, we read books and then we talked about the books. That was the club. And one of the books uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it just lit something in me. I'm like, this makes sense. I understand this. Yeah. (laughs) And we started looking at apartments, but then life took over and we moved uh, first to Stockholm, to Sweden, then to Hong Kong. And that kind of, it took a backseat. 
So focused more on the career yeah. at that point. Fast forward to the massage room. So I find myself one day and in, in the Silicon Valley company massage room that I worked for. And I'm hooked to this machine that's like sucking the life and beauty and youth <laughs> out of me, aka a breast pump. So I'm in this setup with like double boob setup so you can work with your hands free. I'm like working away because so it couldn't funny. take like 15 minutes off. Oh. And that. Uh, I sit there and at this point I had bought my first investment property. But at that point, I'm like, dude, wait a minute. What am I doing here? I pay somebody $2,000 a month to take care of my kid. And uh, I, 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 at that point decided I will purposefully and intentionally continue doing things that give me the freedom to um, own, own my time, I think was. And that to me, felt pretty adventurous <laughs> so because I had you know that that meant leaving a career that was uh, awesome and I loved and and that was yeah. probably the the biggest move so the career that was awesome that you loved let me just make sure I'm I'm you, you breezed past it for a good reason probably but you had two breast pumps on and you are working at the same time are you kidding me right now <laughs> oh my gosh and that was like your decision or that was what you felt was necessary to get the job done it was definitely my decision but uh i i felt the heat i i wanted to be good i totally could have taken 15 minutes oh and gosh. but i was like that kind of person like came in and like put my headphones on i'm like i'm gonna work and i worked hard not did necessarily you work, always did you work smart. In your, by, on your own in a cubicle or please tell me you were not in a in a crowded room full of other like you know people <laughs> who were just plugged in pump. yeah <laughs> people who no. <laughs> Have you seen somebody using a breast pump on max suction level? No. Dude, that is like, you will never want to have sex again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah it sounds pretty um, uh, functional and that's about it. You know, it sounds like yeah. it just gets the job done. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. We can move away from this subject. I just was, I could not <laughs> believe that you actually, that was what was happening, but that is what was happening. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So, so um, why? So, you know, a lot of people go into real estate because they're in a nine to five that they hate and they have a, a career that is miserable to them. Why, why did you, why did you want to leave a job that you love so much? Was it the time commitment? Was that, was that where the stumbling block was? Yeah. I love that you asked that. And also truthfully, it wasn't a hundred percent my decision. I probably wouldn't have left that quickly, but we, uh, we got an opportunity. I turned out to be pregnant again. At this point, so as I'm as I'm there in the pump, I'm pregnant again without knowing. Well, then it. you you were wrong about the breast pumps being a deterrent for sex because obviously it wasn't. I can't believe this. Is, I'm going to have to rate this podcast for the first time ever. I cannot believe this. Um, but okay, sorry, I had to say it that takes, because yeah, it takes a Scandinavian guest. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, yeah. So I was pregnant again, and we uh, got an opportunity. My husband. Uh, was headhunted for a job in Finland. Mm. So we, uh, at that point, decided that if we now were to have two kids <laughs> and pay $4,000, and like, how how do you even do that? We had zero family there. And yeah. uh, so it was both an active as well as a passive decision from my, I, I felt like I, I kind of had to, had to give it up. Gotcha. And after that, it became an ego thing. So I mm. decided to go 
full swing into uh, real estate investing as well, because I saw an opportunity to do that while I was pregnant, while I had small kids and make up for the money that I made in Silicon Valley, which now feels um, like the old me. Yeah. (laughs) That feels very, very egoistic. That's Um, funny. Yeah. I've, I've grown since then. <laughs> um, it's funny. You know what I look back to and there's in my earlier life and it does feel like a different life when I was working at a corporation and all that, just a completely different life. I, I just can't even believe that I did it sometimes. Like I look back and go, I wasn't happy. Like, what was I doing? I wish I could go back and shake myself and say, get out of here. You don't even want to do this. Um, so when you went back to Finland, uh, your husband got a job and you started real estate investing. Were you doing it there? Were you investing in Finland or? In, okay. Is it is it similar there? Is it are the are the rules of the game and kind of the way you do it similar? Yeah, I bought my first one in uh, in the U.S. when we were in California. Instead of buying our our first our own house, I bought a uh, single family home in Fort Collins, Colorado, side unseen. So that was my my first wow. investment okay. property, and I can tell tell you more about that if you want to. But Definitely. then we moved to Finland, and then I built the biggest portion of my portfolio in Finland. Mm. And there are similarities. So I, I kept reading all of the books, um, all of the podcasts from here. And then I brought that way of thinking. So the principles are the same, different things. So especially banking things are, are very different. So yeah. I think it helped though for me to come in with, nobody was doing the Burr method in Finland, right? So I saw an opportunity of like, hey, hmm, I can't compete with the huge players. I didn't have the capital. I didn't have the economies of scale. I I didn't have the contacts and all of that. So I couldn't offer what they could, but I could do something that they couldn't, right? I was personable. I I came in and I started designing. I started staging rentals. Mm. So I started coming up with the concept that nobody else was doing. And hence kind of, maybe that's my, my first tip for for you guys listening that mm, what's something that others are not willing to do yeah. so i stage my rentals even though i don't rent them out with furniture yeah but for people to be like getting ideas getting excited and sometimes i leave some of the furniture if they want to just you know as a gesture yeah that's awesome <laughs> give, give them away or um and i can do write-offs and stuff for that so so there's there's you know a business sure yeah. Thinking behind it as well. I've never heard of anybody staging rentals. I'm not saying no one's ever done it, but I've never heard of it. I, I, I mean, obviously people stage flips for obvious yeah. reasons, but staging a rental, I've not heard of that one. That's interesting. That's really good. It's, it gives and them the same, some reason why you stage a flip, I would imagine, right? You want them to yeah. really see what it could look like if it were a yeah. home instead of just yeah. a house. Exactly like that. So I do it as uh, as a service for the tenants, but I also do it so I can get better photos yeah. So for my marketing, I was building a brand. So I used to work at a, a brand experience agency in Stockholm. So I kind of use some of that knowledge to be like, okay, how can I get awesome photography of, yeah. of this yeah. work? And then I started building a personal brand around that. And because nobody else was doing it, I got a lot of press about it. And uh, uh, that that press then uh, led to other opportunities to uh, collaborate with brands and, and nice. get... Uh, get stuff for free or like yeah. to get it at a huge discount or even yeah. get paid to do some of the stuff that I was doing. So that's awesome. um, 
maybe like try not to be penny wise and pound foolish mm-hmm. be like, no, no, but this uh, table is $200. And you're like, well, you could make 2000 on it with one photo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so you built that portfolio in, in, uh, in back in Finland. Yep. So I, I know, I know that you're adventurous, but why move back here when your portfolio <laughs> is there? Like what, what made you, what, why move to the United States? Like you could move somewhere else in Finland, I imagine, or so any place really, right? Where, why back here when everything's back there? Yeah. A few reasons, but the biggest one is, um, our baby Millie uh, died uh, about a year and a half ago. And. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry about that. No, by the way. I, I didn't um, want to interrupt you, but this is a good time to say it. I, I'm sorry to hear <laughs> thank that. Thank you. Thank you. I love talking about her. So uh, it just makes me cry a lot of times, but it's, it's tears of love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and after we had buried her my husband's like hey you know what do you what do you want to do uh like oh okay (laughs) like in life or in general Uh, because I lost a big part of myself in that when I lost her and one of the things that I told him that came up was this house in Colorado like you know what I have always dreamt about designing that house Hmm. So this was probably end of last, so like 2020, end of 2020. And he's like, let's do it. What if we went to Colorado and designed the house? So we started working on it. And in July, so a few months later, we took the leap and pulled the kids out of daycare. My husband took a a gap year, like a sabbatical from work. And and he's on study leave. (laughs) So he's like a full-time student now. And came over. And it's also like... The circle, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, full now. Yeah, full circle. This was the, the I, first I have property. So many questions, but okay. You you offered to give me some be- more background on that Colorado house that you bought sight unseen. Please tell me yeah. about that. Why you bought it sight unseen? How mm-hmm. it's been doing? How did design turn out? Like, tell me, tell me what. <laughs> give me. Let's let's dig into that little house. Yeah. So we had uh, saved money for a long time. Both of us, my my husband is number five out of 10 kids. So he comes from a big family. Okay. And uh, like I said, we uh, uh, we had a had a rough time growing up in in Finland in the in the 80s. Uh, financial crisis was raging back there. So either of us come from money. So we okay. worked really hard mm. and saved our money to be able to buy our first home. So we're in California. And one day I called my husband and I was like... <laughs> Hey, buddy. <laughs> I don't call him buddy. Uh, uh, what if instead of buying our first home, I buy this house in Fort Collins, Colorado? And um, for some reason, he's like, okay. So it all started with my financial advisor who had given me the tip. Okay. It's like you're getting killed on taxes. You need to buy something to offset your taxes. Yeah. So we made good money in, in Silicon Valley, both of us, and we had zero write-offs. Mm. So I, and this is, I think, also one of the biggest learnings that I had. Rock stars, no rock stars. My financial advisor, Josh, is amazing. He uh, uh, 
he's an investor himself. He's a real estate investor. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> perfect. he, he had property here. So I'm like, perfect. He put me in contact with his realtor, Greg. And, and I met with Greg. I, I happened to come to Denver on business. I came up here to the course, learned everything about real estate investing in one day. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I basically asked them, am I stupid for instead of buying a own home in California, if I were to buy that, uh, put that money down and buy an investment property in Fort Collins. And we did the math on it. And at that point, we're like, you know what? Liability liability versus an asset. Yep. So yep. that's the way I came at it. Nice. Um, Did you finance it like traditionally other than the down yeah. payment, just a traditional mortgage? Yeah. So okay. got a conventional bank loan. <clears throat> Um, bought it for $285,000. It's a 2,300 square foot house, single family home. And nice. uh, uh, put like, yeah, was it $70,000 down and uh, put it up for rent. So we've had uh, tenants in here for six years. And before that, I didn't know anything. I'm like, okay, how do you, what are the laws yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this place you call Fort Collins? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, same thing there. Rock stars, no rock stars. So I talked to Greg, the realtor, and he put me in contact with the lender and the lender put me in contact with the, the hold on, here's a cat. Oh, <laughs> the lender put me in contact with the, with the uh, property manager. Okay. And uh, that's how it started rolling. Nice. Now, fast forward uh, six years. We've been here six months now and we've uh, renovated it. We've done a lot of it ourselves. <laughs> Okay. It has been interesting and yeah. intense with the kids. Yeah. And now we're we're putting it um, up for sale and we're looking at probably getting around $600,000 for it. Very Hoping nice. to go over. We don't know. Well, in this market, so, it, yeah. it's a crazy bidding war almost every time you put something up and you just designed this. You just created a beautiful house. So, yeah, I bet you will get more. And also, same thing there. So, we're doing... A, things a little bit differently, right? So I'm sitting in the guest bedroom here and, oh. and you might see that the walls are not white. It's a, it's yeah. a dark green. Yeah, <laughs> I see dark that. green room. That's awesome. So definitely yeah, bringing in uh, some of that sticking out like a dog's balls type of mentality here too, <laughs> which is a risk. We don't know. Like yeah. a lot of people are going to come in here and be like, it's not for us. It's, it's terrible. But I believe in finding the, the one person who loves yep. it. I love that. I love that. So what's next for you? What What are the goals? Maybe not even just this year, but like long-term. What, what are you driving? Do you know? Maybe maybe for you, it's this wonderful adventure that you just live in the moment and you decide in the moment. But do you have, do you think long-term, where do you want to be in this real estate world? Yeah, that's been a very hard question for me this past year because I had all that figured out. Like I had my goals, I everything was dialed in. And then everything came crumbling down. And I just recently uh, read this book called uh, The Second Mountain. If you haven't read it, it's it's amazing. We'll that, put that in the show notes. Uh, yeah, talks about how a lot of us, we grew up in a world that's all about like being individualistic, having your goals and, and about acquiring. So this entire time, my focus has been like, all right, I'm going to become a millionaire. And then when, when I hit that, I'm like, I'm going to 10x that. And then, so what happens when you hit that? Well, then it's going to be a hundred X or like, yeah. and it doesn't fulfill me anymore. And, and I kind of came crumbling down from that first mountain and, and a part of myself 
died. So now in the book, they're like, the new you on the second mountain will begin when you're brave enough to let that part of you die. So I, I talk about ego. Another great book is Ego is the Enemy, if you haven't read it, mm, no. um, by Ryan Holiday. And the second mountain is the first one if, is about Aquas. Hold on. My cat is like... <laughs> On top of me here. They're, here you go, they're buddy. determined hey, to get on the show. <laughs> yeah. Here he is. Everybody on the video. This is go. my my cat. A seven-pound cat and a 14-pound body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's big. <laughs> so first mountain is acquisition. The second mountain is uh uh and Elvis got me lose my thoughts. So acquisition and the second one is uh, contribution. Okay, yes. So nice. my, my goal is now I, I want to focus my, I want to be a better giver. Basically, I, I want to um, give away at least 10%. And I, I want to intentionally give away my time. So I'm hoping to do some work in Austin with Special Olympics. Um, Millie, our daughter, had trisomy 13. <clears throat> so that's... Um, Something that's helped me heal as well to, nice. Nice. to think about that, move the focus away from me and, and more, more focus on community and, Love and it. that sort of thing. Love it. Talk about so whatever that may, sorry, sorry no, to interrupt no, no. you, whatever that may look like. I, I want to do creative things. Uh, I'm supposed to design a hotel. It's one project coming up and uh, uh, I'd love to like write a book or I don't know, something that could help, help people that's, that's learn fantastic. more and be. I, I love that concept of acquisitions and then contribution. I, I love that. I think yeah. it's absolutely right. I think it's exactly how it works. Can you talk about, we talked a little bit offline about your biggest mistake. Can you, can you talk about what, what was your biggest mistake? Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking about that. I think we're so in this world of Instagram and like, Ooh, everything looks so perfect. And how, yeah. how does this only happen to me? <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't like it, it uh, things happen to all of us, but we just don't show like the nasty parts. Yep. So I definitely, I want to share my biggest mistake. Um, I'm going to take up, I have some, some notes on it. Uh, because this kind of goes hand in hand with this crazy drive that we have about growing so intensely fast. Yep. And now looking back, I'm like, I don't know why I felt like I had to do it all so quickly, like give birth to three babies and build a like multi-million dollar portfolio and move across the country or like move across the world or like, and like do all of these things. Yeah. I'm like, there's time. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I had, like I told you, my goal was to substitute my income from a real estate uh, to substitute the income that I had from my job in Silicon Valley. So I'm like, I need to buy 10 properties uh, within X years. That means for, four properties this year. So yeah. the year was ending and I'm like, I only had bought two. I need to buy two more. And this is kind of what a 1031 exchange does to you as well. Okay. Just, uh, all right. So <laughs> I um, <laughs> uh, bought new construction high-rise studio apartments downtown to a satellite city uh, to Helsinki, Finland. Okay. And um I found it, which is strike one, uh, off of the MLS or equivalent in Finland for okay. the MLS because I didn't know any better. 
So uh, I'll tell you why why that was a mistake. I bought two apartments okay. at the same time oh, from wow. this high rise. Wow. Because I'm like, I need to buy two. There were two for sale. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to make my goal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, they were 175000 each. And uh, they're like, in Finland, there's, uh, have you heard of co-ops? Yeah. 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 Yep. So they're like co-op shares. And instead of uh, uh, a single family home, it's like you buy shares from a business and you uh, uh, you own the right to live in those shares that the apartment and then you can uh, um, make decisions based on how many shares you have and that sort of thing. And uh, that also meant that 70% of the loan was carried by the co-op and 30% from us. I also got a conventional bank loan to cover okay. some more of that portion that I had to pay. So pretty heavily um, used, uh, uh, bank financing for that. The rent was not too crazy high, but $800 per apartment per month. Not like an amazing deal or anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought when I got them, I'm like, these will go like toilet paper in the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were new and so fancy. Yeah, and then when they came up, <laughs> crickets. Because here's what happened. At the same time, there was an uh, what do you call that? An institutional investor mm -hmm. had bought a bunch of apartments from those same buildings, new construction, right? So they had gone in, and when my came up, forty two others exactly the same kinds came up for rent. And it's wow. a small satellite city, the Helsinki. So they're like. Um, not that many looking for apartments. Right. Were they priced similarly to yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what started happening was they started dropping their prices. And uh, uh, I thought that I was going to sit with two apartments empty, not get anybody. So here are the, here are the things that I learned. Stick to your criteria and what you know, right? So up to... Up to this, this point, I had not bought anything that was new construction. Okay. I had only bought burr cases that were bad shape that I renovated and, mm -hmm. and then refinanced. Yeah. New construction was a whole new ballgame, right? So instead of buying straight from the MLS, I could have bought it straight from the builder. Yeah. I thought I was being smart because I got like a, a discount when I bought both of them. Yeah. It was a small ass discount yeah. compared to what I had gotten buying straight from the builder. Yeah. Uh, strike number two, <laughs> be careful not to follow your goals blindly. Ego is the enemy, right? So I only bought them so that I could feel like I had achieved my goal for that year. Yeah. And, uh, uh one of the books that I've read, oh, God, it was just changed everything. The way I see, and uh, think about goals. Ugh, what was it called again? I might have to come back to that. Okay. It was, if you, if you, you can even like so email good. to me after the fact, we'll get in okay. the show notes. Cool. Um, because being, and I think a lot of us listening to this are this way, we're type A, we set our goals. And if we don't hit them, we're like, damn it. And if we hit them, we're like, yeah. damn it. It wasn't high enough. Like we're just never satisfied. Right. Right. Um, Gap in the Gain is another good, awesome book when it speaks to that. I think my question would have been like, if you see something on sales, like, would I buy this if it weren't on sale? I'm like, would I buy this if it weren't the end of year and I had to buy two right. more this year right, to fill right. my goals yep. and that sort of thing? Um, do they also like 
do they change my life for the better? Or uh, ask yourself, uh, will, yeah, will this deal change my life? Or will they fit my long-term vision? Yeah. So those yeah. would be the, my ways to like help that. And then, so the last one was being different pays off. Because what happened was um, I uh, did things differently. The other ones were institutional investors. They didn't care. They had somebody on payroll. They came and showed them. Yep. Um, and I actually ended up getting both of my apartments rented right away. Mm. And I didn't have to come down in price too oh, much. That's nice. That's good. Um, so because uh, I answered when they called during the weekend. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, the other ones, I, I asked my, uh, my first tenant, I'm like, why do you pick me or like my apartment? He's like, well... Mm, you told about yourself in the in the ad so I was being very open I'm like you know I own it with my husband and here's a picture of us and our kids and here's oh, what we do and very smart and here's our yeah and here, here's personal. our motto yeah personable mm-hmm. so he didn't just pick an apartment he also like chose the landlord I guess right well if you can and, buy from a cold sterile company or a human being with a family and kids all things being equal who yeah. would pick the cold sterile company? So it's very smart to position yourself in a very personal, personable way. I think that's really smart. Yeah. And I think the openness there was one thing that when I was being open and that uh, they were being very open uh, back. Yeah. So when when he later moved away, he gave me notice like way before he had to. And he's like, you know what? I'm thinking about moving away because I you know, met this girl. And, and yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Um, yeah. So... So I think that the being being different part is always comes back to that for me. Nice. I love it. And like we said, you're you're moving to Austin soon. Uh, if people and would like to, and I recommend that you do, track her down and find her <laughs> and network with her. How can they do that? How can people find you if they want to uh, once you make that move? I'm mostly active on Instagram. So Maria loves real estate. And uh, you can also find me. I'm on, uh, on all the other social media platforms as well, but Instagram is the way to go. And if you want to read more about my first deals, I, I wrote an article for Bigger Pockets called The Nitty Gritty. So if you uh, search for Nitty Gritty and uh, Bigger Pockets, that'll come up with like picks and numbers and the before and afters. Oh, that's awesome. For the A first deals, that's pretty sweet. Nitty Gritty. Um, I'm also part of um, uh, the Only Woman in the Room book <laughs> uh, that has knowledge and inspiration from 20 real estate investing women that I'm really proud of to, to be a part of. Ashley Wilson has compiled that. So that's that. another way. I love that. And how do you pronounce your last... Let me try to... Let me take a stab at your last name and then you can <laughs> yell at me. Fristram. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Is there some accent that I'm missing or is that pretty much it? Is that the American version? That's the American version, yeah. Okay. In Swedish, it would be Fristram. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Got there it. you go. All right. Nice rolling with the R's, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, man. I, listen, I called you man. Listen, ma'am. That's, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> we could do this well, all day. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. We could do, I don't like, I don't see gender, right? It's just, you're awesome. Um, yeah. 
we could do this all day, but I, I want to respect your time. And, and, and we talked about that at the beginning. If people if want to get a hold of you, like you said, Instagram is a great place to find you. Um, you also have the, the article on Bigger Pockets. So I would suggest you guys check that out. It's always good to see the nuts and bolts of deals and, and understand what people do to make things happen. So that's awesome. Listen, I really appreciate your time too. You've been very forthcoming. We touched on some... Uh, I don't know if I've hit as much range in a podcast as we hit in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we we hit the high high of double breast pumps and the low low of, <laughs> of a personal loss. And we've laughed and cried. So that's about, uh, it's about as good as it gets. And we've learned a lot. So thank you for yeah. doing this. Thank you for your time. Thanks for being a great guest. I really appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but success in the future. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean $10 million and then 10xing that. It means mm-hmm. personal fulfillment, personal happiness, feeling like you're contributing and that second mountain concept. And I love that. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Focus on joy. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time and good luck in everything you do. Have a great year. Thank you. All right. What did we learn here? Be fearless. Take chances. Build a life resume. And do not, do not let yourself get to the end of your life and have nothing but regret. Go out there and make it happen today, guys. If this story didn't inspire you, then I don't know. Maybe you're not inspirable. Now you are. I believe in you. Get out there and get it done. Make today the best day ever. Go get it.